Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Appreciate the opportunity to be here, and uh, I love your pastor so very much. When I talk to him, you know, he he talks about you like he really cares about you, and that's a you know you should be glad that you have a pastor that loves you. The Bible said he gave gifts unto many, gave a pastor. I'm a pastor's son. I love pastors, but I love your pastor. And uh, I know the Lord is going to continue blessing you in a mighty way. We were here last year. You guys helped us with several wells. One of those wells up there uh, is reaching a neighborhood with about 7,000 people that did not have water. And I don't know, I don't even, how do we live in 2020 and not have water? But I'm going to tell you something. There's many people in Haiti without water. Their kids uh, have to go fetch the water. They they go to the river to get it. And uh, that's why most of the uh, deaths under the age of five in Haiti are because of unclean water. And I'm going to tell you that's preventable. So we brought a well in on this mountain with 7,000 people. Uh, we uh, have a generator, a pump, and we pump it to four locations. The whole mountain gets free water. And uh, uh, as soon as the travel ban is lifted, I'm going back and we're going to block the street off. They play soccer there, but we're going to have a crusade on that street. And uh, I believe thousands of people are going to come to Jesus because they have a experienced God's love, and now when they hear about it, they'll receive. How many understand that it opens their heart to receive the gospel? So today, if you want to get involved uh, with us, uh, with water wells, or even feeding children, or just preaching the gospel, the gospel's free, but how many know the pipeline to get at their cost? And so if you want to get involved, uh, we're doing wells for $2,000, and uh, that's really uh, inexpensive. Try to drill a well in North Carolina for 2000 Probably not going to happen, but we can do it and uh, reach thousands of people. Now, when you give water, every time they get a cup, the Bible says you will not lose your reward. You realize that a, a five gallons of water were costing those people on the mountain 50 cents for five gallons. Now, that may not seem like very much to you, but if you make less than $500 a year, 50 cents adds up really fast. And so I didn't say 500 a week or a 500 a month. I said less than 500 a year. And uh, the pictures that you saw of poverty on the screen, I didn't have to go look. I can just turn my camera on anywhere in Haiti, and that's what it looks like. There's really, some countries have the rich and they have the poor. Well, there's not very many. There, I, there might be a few rich people, but not very many in Haiti. It's just poverty is everywhere. But you know what? Uh, we believe blessed are the poor. Amen. <laughs> and we can bless them by showing uh, our love through giving. Praise God. I want to mention 
uh, out in the foyer. If you want to get involved with uh, uh, what we're doing, you can uh, talk to us there. But we have sermons available on MP3 for $10 a piece. We have the book we've written, Rock Solid Principles for Prosperity, for $10. Then we have a shirt, and uh, the shirt is my favorite word, whatever. And then the back has even a better word, whatever's pure, just, and lovely. Philippians 4.8 is on the back. Now, that shirt is worth about $15, and as you wear it, it'll get softer and softer, and you'll love it even more, but I sell it for 20 Everybody say whatever. Okay, now you know how to use that word, but uh, uh, that, that's available out there, and we do take cash, credit, debit, whatever you want on that check, and uh, uh, you can be a blessing uh, to many people that way. And we sell it for $5 more because that extra $5 goes to feed five kids. And usually that $5 that we wouldn't even notice. So we can bless somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor, again for allowing me to be here. I want everybody to stand with me today. And uh, I want us to look to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to begin with verse number 1. We're going to read 1 through 4. Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So we find that great persecution was coming against the church over 2,000 years ago. How many know persecution is nothing new? But look what happened. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. If you remember in Acts 7, Stephen was stoned to death. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, hailing men and women, committing them to prison. He was like a fierce animal seeking his prey. He treated shamefully with injury the church. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. How many know what the devil meant for bad, God turned for good? I don't know what you're going against today, but I believe what the devil has meant for bad, God can turn for good. If you believe it, say amen. All right, look to Acts 9, 1 through 3, and then we'll pray. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. Lord, any distraction going on in the minds of people, we bring every thought into captivity for the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I say be loosed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, again, we ask that if there be one listening that does not know you, one that has sin in their life, one that is in a backslidden condition, may they be drawn to Jesus by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Make it hot in here for them today. We're asking for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation that we may profit by the manifestation. If we ever needed revival in America, we need it today. If we ever needed revival in North Carolina, we need it today. But most of all, Lord, send revival in my heart, begin it in this place today. Lord, we, uh, uh, we uh, take off all limitations. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, 
Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. I want to speak today about uh, a word that we're familiar with in the New Testament. You'll find this word power is used uh, as authority power. We know that if a policeman, if he was very skinny or very little, but he puts on the uniform and has the gun in the car, he's got authority. Amen. And how many understand there's another word for power in the New Testament? Acts 1.8 says, but you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, a miraculous power. The power I want to speak about really today is a source or a means of supplying energy. How many know that there are a lot of people that served God in the past, but seem like they run out of energy? They seem to, uh, they, they were all on fire for God at one time, but as the cares of this life begin to press them, they're no longer serving the Lord. The Bible says that in the last days that there will be perilous times. And it goes on and lists some things that will be happening in these last days, that men will be lovers of their own selves, that they'll be lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. They'll be disobedient to parents, and all these different things are listed that we see happening in the world today. But when you get to verse number 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 3, he's talking to the church that they will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof from such turn away. Today, I would say, we need the power of God like we never have before. We need that Holy Ghost miraculous power. I don't understand how Corona has lasted so long when we got churches that say, we've got the power, we are anointed, we're spirit-filled. If we really were, we would have sent this Corona back to the pit of hell where it belonged. I believe it's time that we rise up. And I believe in these last days, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail veil against us. Something is going to happen in your life today. Maybe you came in here not expecting much to happen, but I believe what happened to Saul on the road to Damascus is going to happen to some people here today. He's on that road to Damascus. He's a very proud, powerful man, and uh, uh, he's going to Damascus because at Damascus he's heard that there's some Christians hiding out in a place they normally wouldn't hide out. Normally Christians did not go to Damascus, but they're there, they're running away from Saul and he's going there to be cruel and brutal to them and on the way there he's probably sitting high on his horse and all of a sudden the Bible said suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. I, I want to say that he had a power encounter. I believe when you know that God is dealing with you that is a power encounter. You may say am I going to have a, a light shine from heaven? heaven and knock me to the ground. Well, if it happened in the book of Acts, if it's necessary, I say, Lord, do it again. But I believe power encounters come in different ways. Maybe it comes like it did in Acts 2. Uh, when Peter preached the word, he said that their hearts were pricked within them or a pricked heart. Or maybe it comes like it did in Acts 16, verse 14, where Lydia, the seller of purple, the Bible said, whose heart the Lord hath opened or open heart surgery or maybe it comes like it did in Luke 24 uh, when Jesus spoke to the men in verse 32. They did not know it was Jesus, but when he opened the scriptures to them, they said, our heart did burn within us. 
us. I call that Holy Ghost heartburn today. I pray that somebody in this house, maybe you're running from God. Maybe you uh, are away from God. Maybe uh, you don't uh, uh, know why you're even in the house of God today. I believe you came because there's going to be a power encounter. And I'm praying that somebody has a light shine from heaven, that somebody has a pricked heart, that somebody has open heart surgery, that somebody has Holy Ghost heartburn because God wants to get a hold of your life. Listen today. I believe what happened on that day when Saul's going down the road was the mercy of God reaching out to him. And I don't think that we need to be afraid of the power of God because I believe the power of God will bring mercy and bring you closer to the Lord. I was preaching in uh, Independence, Missouri, right near Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs play. And uh, I was there at a church I'd never been. So I don't know how people are if I've never been there. Now, I've been to this church. This is my second time. Some of you I recognize from where you sat the last time I was here. Some of you just moved back one row or up a row, you know. If you didn't change clothes, I wouldn't know you went home. But I know how you responded last time I was here, so I, I, I understand a little bit, but... I'm at a church I've never been, so I don't know how they're going to respond. And while I was preaching, on the very back row was a guy sitting by what I presumed to be his wife, a very young man. And when I began to preach, he grabbed the pew in front of him, and he's white-knuckling, it, and he begins to shake kind of violently, and he's crying. And I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, I, it's not, uh, I thought he probably does that every week. I have no idea. You know, I've never been there before. I'm, I'm a visitor, so I don't know what is going on with him. I just kept preaching. When I got to the end of my sermon, that young man catapulted out of his seat and came to the altar along with other people to get saved. I prayed, I started with these other people, and I got to him last. He, he was on his knees crying uh, uh, tears of repentance, but when I went to pray for him, he stood up and he had his hands up in the air and he had tears of joy. How many know when you come to Christ, old things pass away and all things become new? I began to pray for him. He said, you don't know what happened to me today, do you? I said, well, praise God, you got saved. He said, no, I'm talking about while you were preaching. He said, I don't come to this church really for any other reason, but if I come, my wife will cook me a better meal. Now, that's some good doctrine that will build a church, you know. Burn your husband's meal all week, give him the best fixings on Sunday, he'll be in church. Now, this isn't a marriage seminar, by the way. So anyhow, he said, normally about halfway through church, I'll go out to the parking lot and have myself a smoke. That's what he told me. He said, today I was going to get up and go to the parking lot and have myself a smoke while you were preaching. He said, but when I tried to get up, I could not get up. He said, something was holding me down. He said, while I was trying to get loose, I'm crying because I knew that God was getting a hold of my life. And when you gave the invitation, he said, uh, I, I felt like somebody shoved me out of my seat. 
He said, I turned to look to see if my wife had pushed me. She was silently praying to herself. He knew he was having an encounter with the power of God. I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God can get a hold of anybody. If he can get a hold of this man by the name of Saul, he can get a hold of your children. He can get a hold of your life. You may be running from God today, but I'm going to tell you, today's the day to stop running. Today's the day to run to God and find mercy at his throne. Somebody say amen. Now, we know something. We know that a power encounter is when God is dealing with you. But in verse number four, said he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, when I read that, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I don't know about you, but when I read the King James sometimes, I don't understand everything. Anybody ever not understand everything? We'll cast the lion devils out of the rest of you at the end of the service because, you know, most of you are going, yeah, I understand it all. That's how I felt anyway. So I didn't understand it, so I looked it up in the Amplified Bible. I looked it up in the Amplified because it's louder. Some of you will catch that later. That was my best joke of the day. All right? But it says there, it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad. I didn't know what a goad was, so I had to look it up. If we were to plow our fields with cattle or oxen, and those cattle or oxen did not do what they were supposed to do, a goad is a long stick with a sharp end on it. And you would begin to poke the cattle or the ox to get them to do what they were supposed to do. And if it did not do what they were supposed to do, it would begin to bloody their side. I believe the word of God is saying it turns out bloody for you to kick against the power of God. I believe today that the mercy of God is preaching from this pulpit, but I'm going to be very clear with you. I do believe judgment could be center stage tomorrow. When God's mercy is being poured out, you need to respond. When God is speaking to your heart, you need to respond. Whether it's a, a light shining from heaven, a pricked heart, open heart surgery, or Holy Ghost heartburn. When God is dealing with you, you need to respond. I was 19 years of age. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. My dad pastored 67 years. I went to youth camp at 15 years of age, and God spoke to me. He called me to preach, and I said, God, I am not going to preach your gospel. So for the next four years, I did everything I could do to disqualify myself from preaching. I was 19 years of age. I'd run to Norman, Oklahoma. I was attending the University of Oklahoma, and uh, I was away from God, but I came home that summer working for a man in my dad's church, and uh, I hated that job, but I knew uh, they were having camp meeting in Oklahoma City, and I thought if I told my boss I wanted to go to that camp meeting, he'd let me out of work early. I had no intention of anything happening in church. I had no, I just was wanting to get out of work, and I knew there'd be cute girls at camp meeting. That's a pretty good reason to go to church when you're 19, all right? And uh, I showed up to that camp meeting. I got there a little bit late, and all the preacher's 
kids would sit back in one corner and I got there so late there wasn't a spot for me in that corner. But I saw my mom and dad sitting about seven rows back in the middle and there was a seat by my mom. I sat down by her and they brought up a preacher from Texas that had the longest, boniest finger I'd ever seen and it was pointing right through me. He preached about the prodigal son who had taken everything from the father's house and from the house of God and ran and spent all of his money uh, unwisely and wound up in hog slop. I was the prodigal son. I was knee deep in hog slop, but when that preacher preached, he was reading my mail. It was like a light shining from heaven. It was like a prick tart, open heart surgery, and Holy Ghost heartburn all rolled into one. I went down that aisle that night and gave my heart back to Jesus, and I will tell you that day was the greatest day of my life, and every day's been greater since. It's not always been easy, but it's been great. But I'm going to say something to you. You can take it or leave it. It's up to you. All during that man's preaching, I kept hearing the Lord speak, this could be your last chance. This could be your last chance. This could be your last chance. And I don't understand. I don't know when your day of grace and your day of mercy runs out, but I'm telling you, when God speaks to you, you need to respond because the word of God is very clear. We don't uh, uh, probably memorize this verse, but an evangelist does. Proverbs 29 and 1 says, He that being often reproved, hard his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. What I'm saying is when God deals with you, you need to respond. Uh, while he's speaking to your heart, you need to respond. Sir, you've come in here today with sin in your life. You've been running from God long enough. It is time that you respond. Young man, it's time that you come back to God. It's time that you give your heart to the Lord Jesus and get some guts and serve him with everything that you have. Acts chapter 9, verse number 7. The men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. How many know when you get in trouble, you learn how to pray? We need to be people that pray before trouble comes. I'm not going to go much longer on that. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. How many thank God for the supernatural? The Bible said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. I thank God for the supernatural. See, I don't see uh, the devil winning. The devil says, I'm going to bind up these young people. They're going to be perverted. They're going to be on alcohol. They're going to be on drugs. But I don't believe what the devil says. I believe what the word of God says. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and our sons and daughters shall prophesy. I not only believe uh, that your sons and daughters are going to be saved, but I believe they're going to rise up with the word of God in their mouth. They're going to say, thus saith the Lord, get off your drugs and get off your alcohol and turn to Jesus. These are the days that we are living in. Hallelujah. Verse 13, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on my, thy name. Here he's He's praying. 
And he's, like, he's going, hey, God, don't you know how bad this guy is? He's ferocious. Don't you know he consented under the death of Stephen? He was there. How many understand God knows your issue? You don't have to tell him most of the time. He already knows. He said, hey, the Lord speaks back to him. He said, go your way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. He knew he was going to be a chosen vessel. This is the guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, I want you to go lay hands on him. He could have kept fighting, but the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Listen, there's a chosen vessel for this church. You say, what do I mean by that? I was preaching in Missouri one time, and the, the meanest man in that town, drug dealer, sold it to everybody, slept around on his wife, beat his kids, meanest man in that city. He got filled with the, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in our meeting. Got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in our meeting, and we had 72 first-time conversions because of that one man. I'm going to tell you, don't try to qualify everybody God tries to have you speak to and pray for. Well, that could be dangerous if I go talk to them. I was over in Elizabeth City. One of the drug dealers in that town got saved, and, and nobody thought he'd ever give his heart to Jesus. He came to the altar in that church, and God moved in a mighty way. I'm telling you, there is a move of God available if the church would just be obedient. All right, let me go on. Verse 16. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe if you've had a power in filling, the second thing is automatic. You have a, a, a power encounter. Excuse me. The second thing is automatic. You have a power in filling. Do you realize it is God's will for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost? See, some of you are sitting around, if he wants me to be filled, he'll fill me. No, you receive by faith according to Galatians 3.2. Galatians 3.14, you receive by faith. The Bible said this is the will of God concerning you. Be not drunk with wine or in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thus spake he that those that believe should receive. If you're a believer, you should receive. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said, the promise of the Spirit is unto you. That's the 3,000 that got saved. And you, to your children, that's the children of the 3,000. But when he said, all that are afar off, he said, right here in North Carolina, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. It is God's will to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I was preaching in Oklahoma, and I know nobody would be like this in, in North Carolina, but I was in a new church. But in those days, we used to sit on the platform. Remember those days? And I'm sitting on the platform, and the praise and worship and the service was so bad, I counted how many seats were there. There were 200 exactly. And that wasn't really the problem, 200 seats, but there were only 40 people there, and they were all sitting on the back two rows. So I had 160 empty seats between me and the back two rows. And so uh, I went back and just preached in front of the back two rows. And it made the people mad. Like the more I preached, the madder they looked, all right? The madder and uglier they got, all right? And, uh, you know, in those days, you were a good preacher in Oklahoma if you could spit seven rows back. Since Corona's around, I try not to spit seven rows back. Can I get an amen in here? All right. So anyway, uh, I was preaching. But while I was preaching, I'm having one of these thoughts in my head. Why am I even here? 
Now, that is not the best thought a preacher ought to have. Or, this sermon sounded better last night than today. I'm like, God, this is not working at all. I got done preaching, got back to the front, and I was given an altar call. And when I gave the altar call, I knew why I was there. One girl, 15 years old, long, dark hair. She came to the front. I said, what would you come for? She said, I'm not sure. I said, would you like to ask Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life? She said, I sure would. I prayed the sinner's prayer with her. I still got 39 mean and ugly people looking at me. So I got one to work with. I said, hey, look, you just gave your heart to Jesus. Would you like to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? She said, what's the Holy Ghost? I'm thinking if you attend Pentecostal church, you ought to know something about the Holy Ghost, even if it's wrong. She goes, what's the Holy Ghost? I said, do you attend this church? She said, we are here visiting from California. I've never been to church in my life. She said, see that man on the back? That's my uncle. I think he's what you call a deacon in this church. He was the meanest, ugliest one of them all. That's a pastor's son there, right there. I was giving a little dig to the deacons, all right? Hope that's not one of them that signs the check. At least I'm honest with you. I'm messing around. Okay. I need to quit. I need to hurry. So anyway, she said, that's my uncle. He came into the, our, my cousin and I's room today. And he said, if you're going to go to lunch with me, you got to go to church. Now, that's some good doctrine, again, that will build a church. See, most of us, when we have our relatives come to town, that's when we call the pastor and say, look, you know, we're not going to be at church this weekend because all of our relatives are in, and we're going to go to the beach. We're going to go. We're going to go. You know, Charlotte. We're going to go to Raleigh. We're going to do something. You've been bawling and squalling that they get saved around this altar, and when they come to town, you won't even bring them to church. How will they hear without a preacher? This is good preaching. Let me just say it like this. They're just mooching off of you anyway because if they had some money, they wouldn't be coming to Mount Olive. They'd go to Orlando. All right, the good preaching. Let me go on. So anyhow, I got this one girl. She said, what's the Holy Ghost? I don't know what to do. I'm like, do I go through my little evangelist rabbit path? If your earthly father wants to give good gifts, how much more the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them to ask? Be endued with power from one high, Acts 1, 8, Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. I decided to be lazy. I said, lift up your hands and open your mouth, and when I lay my hand on you, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. She says, okay. I like people like that. I laid my hands on her, and she falls out. She didn't even know she was supposed to. That's a joke for you. She'd never been to church in her life. So now I got 12 of the mean and ugly people want prayer. I start praying for them about half an hour later, come over, and I lift up that girl by the hand, and when I do, she's speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave her utterance. She's had a power encounter. Now she has a power in filling. Listen, I believe the third thing is automatic. Verse 18 of Acts, it said, Then Saul was certain days with the disciples were at Damascus. Verse 20, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. Verse 27, he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Verse 29 said he spake boldly in the name of the Lord. I believe you 
power encounter and you have a power in filling. The third thing is automatic. You have a power overflow. Are you understanding me? I believe uh, every weird person in this world is getting up and saying everything they want to say. They scream it out. They're shouting it on the streets. They're on our news. But I'm going to tell you something. The church has been hiding for too long. It is time that we have a power overflow. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is foolishness unto those that are not saved, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. I love this word. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of that today. And you ought to tell somebody you're not ashamed either. Listen, I was preaching in Tulsa. Uh, before I used to live there. And I, on the north part of town, there's an outlet mall. And uh, now it's a Baptist church. Thank God the Baptists have bought the mall, all right? And uh, they're taking over the mall. That way my wife can't. But I went into this mall, and uh, I had gone to a Christian university, and they gave me a Christian credit card. It had the name of the university on it. And I went to make a purchase at this store, and when I laid it on the counter, the woman looked at it, and she must have recognized the name of the school, and she said, oh, are you a Christian? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. I'm not ashamed. She said, I'm, not, I'm a Christian too. She began to talk to me about where she went to church. I knew her pastor, and we were talking, and she said, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm an evangelist. She comes out from behind that counter, grabs me by the arm, and jerks me behind a rack of dresses. She says, do you have a moment? I was afraid to say no. Or yes. She said, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you a story. She said, I was Southern Baptist. I thank God for the Southern Baptist. She said, my best friend was the pastor's wife. She said, we got hungry for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We heard people on TV saying you could be filled with the Holy Ghost. We read books saying you could be filled with the Holy Ghost. We began to read our Bible and felt like the gift of the Holy Ghost was for us. But every time they went to her friend's husband, her pastor, he would say, you women get out of my face, you're bugging me. But one Sunday, she said, we walked into his office while he's doing last-minute preparation during Sunday school. They walked into his office, and they talked about the Holy Ghost. He said, we're going to settle this thing once and for all. He said, I want to make a deal with you. Let's kneel down here and ask God to fill us with the Holy Ghost, and if he does, so be it. But if he doesn't, I don't want to ever hear about it. Is that good with you? They said, it's a deal. Is that a deal? They said, it's a deal. That woman said they knelt down in that Southern Baptist pastor's office and he prayed wrong if he didn't want to receive because he prayed according to the word of God. He said, your word says, if your earthly father wants to give you good gifts, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? He said, we ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit. That woman said the Holy Spirit had a sense of humor. It jumped over the women and got all over that Southern Baptist pastor and he began to speak in tongues as the spirit of God gave him utterance right there in his office. He kept praying. He's now having an overflow. The first buzzer for Sunday school went off. He's still praying in the Holy Ghost. They're leaving him alone. Second buzzer, church has started. The choir's singing. The song leader's doing his thing. They said, you better get in there. He said, what am I going to tell the people? He said, I preached against this, but it feels so good. I got to tell them something. They said, you'll think of something. He said he walked down the middle aisle of that church 
And they'd get to the last chorus of that third hymn. The, the song leader would just walk off. Pastor automatically every Sunday just step in and he'd pray. It was the, just how it went. She said he didn't pray like normal. He laid his head down on the pulpit like this. And when he began to pray, he had decided he was going to wait till next week to tell the church he didn't know what to say. But when he began to pray, he began to pray in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. He's having a power overflow. And she said he just kept praying in the Holy Ghost. He said uh, later he thought people were getting up out of their seats. He could hear them, but he thought they were leaving and going out the parking lot, going to give him the left foot of fellowship and kick him out of the church as their pastor. But he said when he finally looked up, there were about 150 believers in that church down at the altar praying for the same experience that their pastor had received that day. That Southern Baptist Church became a Holy Ghost Baptist Church. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon the Baptists, upon the Methodists, on the Presbyterian and the Catholic and even us, dead, dried up Pentecostals. It will get hungry and thirsty. He will fill us if you believe it. Say amen today. I want you to stand with me. Listen to me today. I ha I, I'm not much of a cook. When my kids were growing up, if my wife was gone, it was pork chops and hominy. All right? Or beans out of the can. I can do it. But I'm going to tell you something. I have never made a cake. I've ate a lot of cake in my life. And I've ate some cakes that tasted real good, and I've ate some cake that didn't taste so good but looked good. You ever been to a wedding where the cake looked really good but didn't taste so good? Okay, if you're the wedding uh, cake maker, I'm sure yours tastes great. But how many understand, I've had some wedding cake, you put it in your mouth, it tastes like chalk. That's C-H-A-L-K for those who don't understand oaky. Chalk. So here, you can have a cake look right, but it doesn't taste right in your mouth. When God looks at the church in these last days, we got all the stuff. We know how to raise our hands. We know how to do all the things. We know how to go through the formality. Something doesn't taste right in his mouth. We say we're Holy Ghost filled. But when I find you read the book of Acts, when they were Holy Ghost filled over and over, it said they spake the word of God with boldness. I believe the missing ingredient for the church in the last days is boldness. Look how bold the world is. Every crazy is bold. And we got the truth and we won't tell the truth. I'm going to say it real clear today. You're bold or you're cold and there's no in between. Why don't you bow your heads in this place with me. Father God, have mercy in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. I want you to take inventory of your life. I want you to check yourself. Some of you are having a power encounter right now. God's been dealing with your heart all service. Some of you, right now, you got Holy Ghost heartburn, your open heart surgery, pricked heart, light shining from heaven. You know God is dealing with you. You need to respond. It turns out bloody for you to kick against the power of God. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Come on, mercy's preaching today. Respond. In this building today, I'm going to ask a simple question. Are you ready to meet God? That's it. I'm asking that question. Are you ready to meet God? 
If you're here with sin in your life, you are not ready to meet God. If you have disobedience in your life, you are not ready to meet God. If you are here and your relationship with the Lord is not up to date, you are not ready to meet God. God's dealing with your heart right now. In this building, you'd say, Preacher, if I'm honest, I'd have to say I'm not ready to meet God. And I need your prayer today. All across this building, would you slip up your hand and say, I need your prayer today. I'm not, right. I'm not ready to meet God, and I need your prayer. Somebody today, thank you. Come on, somebody else. God's dealing with hearts right now. Come on, young men, young ladies, check yourself today. You say, I'm not sure I'm ready to meet God. I'm telling you, maybe you say, well, I'm 98 or 99% sure. If you're only 98 or 99% sure, I say you're 100% lost. 1 John 5, 13 says you can know you have eternal life. Luke 10 says you can know that your name is written in heaven. Somebody else today say, preacher, I'm not where I should be with God today. I need your prayer today. Would you lift up your hand in this building? Come on. God's speaking to you. Thank you. Somebody else. Thank you. I got those two. Anybody else? Thank you for being honest today. There's some of you that are fighting God today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really serious with you today. I don't always say this. It could be somebody's last chance. Don't fool around in these last days. I'm not saying you're going to go out and have an accident. I'm saying this. The trumpet of the Lord could sound and the shout go up. Jesus could come back at any moment. You need to be ready at all times. With heads bowed, eyes closed, we're going to have a song sung right now. As this song is being sung, if you're not where you should be with God, you're not sure. I'm not asking anybody to join this church, shake my hand, or know how to pray. I'll help you pray. But by coming to this altar, you just say, I need a fresh start, a new beginning. All over this building, if you raised your hand or you should have, get some guts and come.